Hello, welcome to Career Carrots, a podcast where we discuss building your career from the perspectives of a university student and a career professional. My name is Rob Kim. I'm bringing the old man perspective, I mean, the career professional perspective. I'm currently working as a career strategist in the Faculty of Land and Food Systems, which we refer to LFS at the wonderful, beautiful University of British Columbia. Hey, everyone. My name is Vivian, and I'm here to bring the student perspective to this podcast. I'm currently a fifth-year nutritional sciences student in the faculty of LFS at UBC, and I'm also currently a UBC WorkLearn student supporting the LFS mentorship program with Rob. And part of this role is looking at the various ways we can support people in their career journey. I would like to acknowledge that we are on the traditional and unceded territory of the Musqueam people. I recognize the privilege that we have to learn on this land. And I hope to, in this podcast today, you get to reflect on your own learning and be able to recognize that uh, without this gift of this land, we wouldn't have this time uh, together in this podcast moment. Uh, what I want to do, first of all, is welcome all of you to season two of Career Carrots. If you're a first time listener, uh, last season, we had 10 episodes uh, and we talked about a variety of things and we had some students join us to talk about their own experiences. So whether you're in LFS or at UBC or neither of those things, I, I, we hope that you can actually still hear some of these kind of career insights and perspectives that can help you in your own journey. So we're very grateful for you uh, giving us a chance to listen to this new season. And we're going to actually uh, start off the season with about five episodes to think about, um, you know, approaches for career development in the upcoming school year, if you're kind of starting off a new job, that sort of thing. So for those of you who did listen last season, uh, Elena Kwan was uh, the mentorship work learn student, and she brought her student perspective. So I'm really excited that Vivian is going to be doing that for this season too. And Vivian actually started working in this role back in May. How's that been for you so far, Vivian? I think it's been pretty interesting. I've been doing- That's the wrong answer. No. Well, you're supposed to jump right again, like, amazing rob's the no. best but no you didn't even do that i'm just trying i'm trying to be honest here you're trying no, to fabricate my story rob that's not good continue <laughs> i i think it's i've been learning a lot um i've been sifting through a lot of data looking over the last 21 years of the program pretty much that's what i've been doing for the last two months and i'm super excited to get to start to work on this podcast yeah, and the program you're referring to, again, is the LFS Mentorship Program. And uh, yeah, we've been very grateful for all the hours that you've contributed. Uh, in the summer, the work-learn students at UBC contribute um, 20 hours. Uh, so it's a part-time role. And then in, if, uh, in the fall, that goes to 10 hours. And I mean, what are you excited about for this upcoming podcast season? Because I know you listened to some of our episodes last year, and now that you get to be kind of front and center on the mic, what, what are you excited about? What I really want to do is kind of share my experiences and the various involvements I've been a part of at UBC and the different resources I've utilized and hopefully encourage some of the listeners to go and 
put themselves out there and get involved and utilize, you know, the various resources they may have access to and get the most out of their time here at UBC and in LFS or even beyond. Um, and to think about how these different involvements and experiences can prepare them for a career. So I, I love that you have a spirit of like really wanting to help um, students who are, you know, behind you in their journey in terms of like in academics. And so that kind of gets me thinking a little bit about, you know, you've heard, you've heard of an elevator pitch, right, Vivian? <laughs> yes, I have. Well, I just don't laugh. Like some people I, haven't okay, heard of it. Right, right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, and actually, because you're probably in the LFS mentorship program, you do hear about that. Uh, can you explain to our listeners what an elevator pitch is? Okay. So you pretend you're stuck in an elevator and you have a really short amount of time to sum yourself up to the person that you're stuck in the elevator with. So for example, sometimes I like to talk about my interests and kind of where I am right now and where I want to be in the future. I kind of laugh because if I was stuck in an elevator, I still wouldn't probably talk to anyone. But anyway, I, I get the concept. <laughs> so I like that you said um, interests, where you are in, in where you are now and where you want to be. So maybe since this is your first episode, can you share your elevator pitch for our listeners? Yeah, okay. So hello, my name is Vivian. I'm in my fifth year studying nutritional sciences at UBC. And in the last five years, I've been really involved in a lot of student leadership opportunities, such as LFS US and Imagine Day and LFS Firsts. And this is really because I remember the challenge of the transition into first year. I actually joined uh, Jumpstart when I was coming into UBC, and I was really shy, which it made it hard to connect with my peers and orientation leaders. I remember kind of during that week, just standing there and just feeling really out of place. And this feeling kind of actually continued throughout my first year. And it wasn't until my second year until a friend of mine actually encouraged me to apply to be an exec in LFS Firsts. Um, and this is where I started kind of gaining confidence in myself and meeting friends. And one thing led to another, and I started getting more and more involved with the LFS community through, you know, LFS US, Jumpstart, Imagine Day, um, which has really led me to be really passionate about encouraging younger students to get involved, to find their community, meet friends, gain confidence in themselves and develop skills that they can speak to. That was pretty good. Quick aside for our listeners, um, Vivian has really taking courage to put herself out there in terms of like sharing some of the things that we're talking about and actually testing them out. So I want to acknowledge that it takes a lot of courage to put yourself out there like she is. And so we have also talked prior where I might even give feedback and some of you are like, wow, that's really mean, Rob, uh, because we, we want all of you to listen and also just hear maybe perspectives of like what worked, what didn't work. Really what I always talk about with elevator pitch is like I tell students like with all career stuff, like if I knew the best formula for elevator pitch, I just tell everyone here it is, but also I'd be very rich. So with elevator pitches, it's like you want to keep testing out, keep testing out, and they're hard. They're really difficult. Uh, what did you find challenging when you were thinking about this elevator pitch for yourself, Vivian? I think the hardest part is really trying to sum yourself up in such a short amount of time 
just trying to condense everything you want to convey into 30 seconds, one minute, and actually leave an impact on the mm -hmm. other person you're actually speaking to. Yeah. So I think that you, you, you hit the nail on the head there of like, I want, I got, I want to convey everything about me and I want to be engaged. So there's a lot going on here. And so for all of you thinking like, well, why are we talking about elevator pitch? Well, I think like when you're new into something, when you're meeting people, making friends, you know, jumpstart imagine like you can have like mini elevator pitches. Like, how are you presenting yourself? Like, you know, the, the cliche is like, you know, first impressions, but there is something to that. And one reframe I sometimes think about is more like I'm building trust. And so sometimes another strategy is simply actually, if you say a little bit about yourself, ask questions to the person and then connect it back to things about, and then rebound it. That's actually a very interesting way. So I think the elevator pitch idea, I get it. And I'm not, and, and there's certainly usages, but sometimes I like thinking about like, really, I'm just building trust. Well, people, how can I get you talking about yourself and then connect it to things that align with me? Now, the other thing is sometimes you can go long because I actually was listening to you when you hit the really shy. But that resonates with me, right? Because I was really shy too. But I really liked in your elevator pitch that you were giving a little bit of a story and then connecting it. Um, but I think maybe at the end there, because again, it goes broad again, like, you know, I, that's where it's easy for a listener. It, we don't mean to tune out. It's just all of us, we have real attention deficits, right? So um, as soon, like I will remember the imagery of you saying, I'm standing alone shy. Right. That was just like because you created this imagery for me. And so that's where I think it was very, very strong. Sometimes when I think about elevator pitches, I always think about when you're doing interviews and the first question they always ask you is like, tell me about yourself. Yeah. And that's kind of I make that connection there. It's just like, again, you're trying to sum yourself up, you know, 45 seconds, one minute, yeah. and you're trying not to lose the interviewer, but yeah. also kind of give an overview of yourself. Yeah. And so I like that when I, cause yeah, I interview, that's not the time for you back. And what about you? Right. So, you know, I, I, I do like that. Yes. i still will be practicing an elevator pitch. I think part of the, and you can correct me if I'm wrong for me, where I have some difficulty is like, I don't know myself or I, I'm not sure where I'm at. Right. And I think, or I haven't spent the time to really write down things. And so if you don't know the heartbeats of your own story well it's hard to give a, a like a snapshot summer summation of of yourself yeah definitely i i feel like i always struggled answering you know tell me about yourself until i really took the time and sat down and it was like what is my brand what is my story mm -hmm. what parts of me am i trying to highlight and convey to the other person i love that right yeah what are what am i trying to convey what's my story I think it's easy for to hear, tell us about yourself to like almost, because everything, there's all these important things and you want them to see that, but we almost want to give them too much information. It is hard stuff though. It is very difficult because I love when I give these little tips and it's like, well, if I had to do it for myself, I would struggle in the same ways, right? Um, you know, you spoke a little bit about, you know, what it felt like when you were really shy. Like, you know, I think some people think like, you know, there's all these services at UBC that can help people where jumpstart and imagine. And I, I want to, 
I, I, I'm very grateful that you talked about that you did those things, yet you still felt a little bit like disconnected. I think that's important for students to hear. Um, like looking back at it, what, what did you, what did you learn from that? Right. Cause again, you're going to these programs that like, supposedly you're hearing like, you got to You're going to make friends and, and meet people. And you know, that doesn't necessarily happen. Right. Um, what did you learn from that? I think the biggest thing was just not to take it too hard on myself. Like it felt like, Oh, if I went to jumpstart, I was going to guarantee to make friends and to meet all these people. And I was going to be set for the next four years at UBC. (laughs) (laughs) That very clearly did not happen. Um, But I think the biggest thing is just, it's okay. It's never too late to go out and meet people. You know, like I mentioned, I didn't really start getting involved until like late into my second year. And it it really wasn't like it started ramping up in third year. And you know, like maybe from an outsider perspective, that sounds kind of terrifying that like, oh, you don't really feel connected to anybody like in your first two years at UBC, but I think it's, it's okay. Like things take time. And the biggest thing is to really put yourself out there. And eventually, you know, if you keep following your interests, you're going to meet people with similar interests and that really lets you connect with them. You know, that's really fascinating because you're so right. You're, it's, it's not too late, right? It's never too late. The thing is, we can easily compare ourselves to people or hear certain narratives, and we forget that we grow at different rates, you know? Like, again, you have plants that flower at different rates, produce and bear fruit at different rates, right? So I, I really like that you're saying it's never too late now the flip side of it as as someone you know i really resonated what you're saying about being shy i was also very shy uh, growing up right through kind of second and third year ubc um i didn't really get involved until my third year too uh, and it really took a long time to make friends and meet people i was a commuter student uh for my first year um and so the flip side is like, well, that's easy to say if you're past that point, but when you're living it and in it, it, it's very difficult and challenging, right? Like mentally challenging, or sometimes you're feeling disconnected or you feel alone. So um, I like that, that, you know, again, you're encouraging other people because I think it's, I think when you look at someone else, so if I was a first year student looking at Vivian and seeing like, well, she's done this and this and that, I think it's always surprising to hear that, you know, you didn't get involved in third year, right? Or I have students when I present, they don't believe that I used to be shy and, but they haven't seen that I've been working on it for, you know, 20 plus years, right? So. Yeah, Rob, what made you start getting more involved when you were in school? I mean, I can think about a couple of positions and jobs, even like uh, directed studies I did in third year, Uh, you know, moving into residence I had, that was really a big one. Um, (laughs) it's kind of embarrassing to talk about uh i actually think about one thing that really helped me move forward to like take risks or take action (laughs) so embarrassing um i remember in my i think it was like second year near the end of second term um 
I don't know, I just approached someone outside of class and asked them out. And uh, <laughs> I'm <I> re- sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and and so like I want to give some context. Like I was really shy. Like I was to the point where I I couldn't talk to new people. Like I would get so unnerved and really like almost jumpy that I couldn't even hold eye contact with people. I would never, ever just approach a stranger in any situation. And I don't know. I don't know what possessed me. I just one day after class approached a person. They were very polite. They said, uh, no, I'm seeing someone. And I'll be honest. It, like I didn't even hear the rejection. I walked away smiling because I like, I, I built this thing up to so much and I did it. And I know it's a weird example to share, but I don't know. They just really started teaching or opening my eyes, like how we think about things so much and we just don't do it sometimes. It's kind of like networking in some ways, right? Like the more you ask, like there's, yeah, you might get some no's, but if you never ask, you will never have any possibilities, I guess. In a weird way, it actually goes back to what you're saying, right? Like, you had a friend that said, hey, maybe you should join, what was it, LFS First? LFS US First, yeah. yeah. And you weren't thinking of it, and you could have said no. You didn't know really anything about the thing. You didn't even attend LFS US First, right, as a participant? Yeah, I wasn't a participant. I wasn't a leader. It just jumped straight to be an exec for it. Yeah, so in many ways, you could say the same thing about you. Like, well, then what compelled you to invest or put yourself out there in something that you really didn't know anything about? I mean, at that point, I really had nothing to lose. Uh, It was like, I had no experiences, pretty much. That was like my first involvement. And so, you know, if I get rejected, then I get rejected. But, you know, if I got accepted, then that would have kind of been the first step towards getting more and more involved. I think that's what you just summed up for me. It was like, that's, that's like dating, right? And, but I think in any scenario, when we put ourselves out there, whether it's dating, whether it's networking, going to an event, you know, those are all very scary things that I just wasn't doing for two years. I was protecting myself. I was worried of all these sort of things. And I don't know, I think, like you at for whatever reason at some point sometimes when we take these drastic steps at the time they're drastic right in retrospect we realize they're not but yeah you're just like you got nothing to lose yeah i think also like the hardest thing is always just taking that first step out there yeah but i mean it speaks to you know the power of having someone who's there to support you and believe in you and encourage you along the way yes that's very helpful right and that's again where I hope all of you listening right now, like I always tell people like you don't do this on your own. You don't have to do this on your own sort of deal. Right. So um, yeah, I mean, it's easy sometimes to think we have to figure it out on our own. And that's part, part of what this podcast really project is about is just again, sharing our stories and perspectives for those of you to get insight, recognizing that the things that you're doing or could maybe try differently but also in many ways, I know it's like a very passive thing to our listeners listening, but hopefully you can 
stick with us for the season to hear these are two voices to remind you you're not alone, right? In in many ways. Okay, so while we're still kind of on the topic of, I guess, first encounters and first meetings, Rob, <laughs> I want to know, do you remember the first time we had a conversation together? And okay, I, wanna... I will be very upset if you get this wrong. Well, I, I want to be very careful because <laughs> we might have had some passing conversations because again, through mentorship and going into classes. But I, the one that I really remember a long conversation was um, late last year, uh, I had a professional coaching session with you, right? Yeah, uh, I wanted to get mad at you. <laughs> I was kind of sad that you got that right. Okay. So, <laughs> you know, um, for, for context, like, you know, I do a lot of career advising. So students can reach out to me to book appointments. And, and I also was in the process of getting my professional coaching. So a lot of people don't know about professional coaching. I mean, it's pretty big though. Um, so the International Coaching Federation is this certified organization that you, know, you have to do a lot of hours, 100 hours plus a course. Uh, so uh, I've been offering up some of that coaching uh, just kind of like for free to uh, people that are connected with the LFS mentorship program. And so, yeah, I recall I offered that up and you were one of those people who signed up for one of those, I think, 10 spots at the time. So um, I guess I'm always interested for like what led you to reach out to do that because you know I always assume that most people haven't done professional coaching before yeah I'm not gonna lie like I had no idea what coaching was I know you sent a blurb trying to explain what it was and I read it and I was like this makes no sense but to be honest like I didn't even sign up for coaching with like a specific reason in mind it was like oh look a perk from being in the mentorship program. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just going to sign up for it. And it's actually kind of funny, but I signed up for it and it was like two months out in advance. And I remember you were like, come with a problem you're facing, you know, in your academic or personal or career. And I remember coming, it was like early December and I showed up and I was basically like, Rob, I have no idea what I'm going to do after graduation, because at that time, I was planning to graduate in May 2022. So that was four months away. And I had no plan, extremely stressed, kind of just winging it at that point. And it's kind of funny, because after the conversation, three weeks later, I decided to delay my graduation for a year. So I, I, <laughs> I actually didn't know that. I blame, I blame that on you. Oh, man. Extending <laughs> my degree. That's wrong. not a good advertisement for the professional coaching. No, but I definitely, I mean, it was really helpful. I, I remember it was like, of course, I was super confused with kind of what I wanted to happen after graduation because I had a lot of options and a lot of opportunities and paths I could take and things I could do but I think at that point it was just super overwhelming and I think throughout that one hour of coaching you didn't offer any solutions but I think you helped really clarify and boil down really what was holding me back and steps I could take after the session which I think was really helpful and I guess one of the steps that did come true was not graduate in May 2022. I would probably want to ask, was 
one of the was that one option that you'd been kind of kicking around in your head for a bit too it it definitely was because i knew like i had i w- i wasn't in any rush to be honest to be graduating in may 2022 i had no reason other than the fact that it felt like i had to be graduating in 4 years like mm-hmm. that felt like the right thing to do it was like why would i i mean i i had many reasons to push it back but it it just felt like wrong to be taken an extra year to graduate yeah and 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 then you ask yourself like who am i comparing to too right it's funny how we get trapped in these narratives that really if you start through coaching start digging at you're like what am i basing this on right or like what's stressing me out and i really liked what you said cuz again it doesn't sound like a good advertisement for coaching when i've been professional coach as well as like yeah, you don't offer up, they don't offer up any solutions. It's almost like frustrating when you're doing, because it, it feels like they're just kind of going circular or they're just asking questions. But really what you realize is a coaching session and how it differs than career advising coaching session is just like you have a thought partner and you have someone really actually just being present to listen and hear you. Not That's not, not what I'm doing in a career advising, but that's a little bit more I'm willing to chip in right away with resources or even give you suggestions. And it's funny, like I offer up career advising, but I just, I don't really offer the professional coaching up to students as a choice because it's really hard for them to kind of understand what it is. It was definitely really helpful for me because that was the thing. I remember you were asking a lot of questions during the session. And like, I think the biggest thing that came out of it was being able to just like, sort through my own thoughts you know because I think up to that point I was just thinking myself into circles and I guess it was like super helpful to actually say you know some of my thoughts or worries out loud to someone who would then like and then you would ask me to clarify like what do you really mean by this or like why do you feel this way and I think that was really helpful just to like get out of my own head yeah it's like talking it out but having someone else having a pers- their perspectives too to add on it's like again that thought partner and really it's establishing that trust like you know established at the top the co- conversation is confidential these sort of things so i mean if any student really wanted to you could specifically say hey i'd like to try out that professional coaching but i want to recognize it's not for everyone you do need to trust the person but what i love about it is like i almost have this small little piece in my head like a brain like in my brain where it's like that's where all my coaching stories just go and get trapped there. And you might recall, like now having worked with me, you can see like there's definitely like a coaching persona, right? You just kind of, and that's like really a lot of the practice and hours that you have to do through the course and on your own. So anytime you see someone on LinkedIn with a like ACC or PCC designation after their name, like lots of respect for them because they're a, they're a certified professional coach that required a lot of practice and time uh to to get to that level where on the if you ever do it it just seems like oh this just person's just asking questions but there's a i'm not there yet there's still like there's a real craft to it do you think going through the professional coaching has helped your career advising in any way or oh, has it has it influenced your career advising huge yes like if i talk about the three ways like a it's helped me in my collaborative approaches with uh, staff and colleagues and students, just maybe holding space, not talking all the time, um, not providing solutions right away. Because I think 
the thing that, you know, I can hear from you, I'm not saying you, but like when I was, you know, when I was your age, you, you say, I want to help people. So a lot of it is like, we want to fix things for people or we want to give solutions. And I sometimes have to work on like, I got to listen to them to see if they A, even want a solution or B, what the real problem is. And then my career advising definitely also helps me just like it helped me frame the conversations a little tighter, like my intro, my middle and end, like each coaching conversation is broken up into the face model, they call it. And it's helped them with my facilitation too. So the big one is it's also the types of questions that I've learned. So for instance, I end every webinar now with like, what is your takeaway? That's from learning from kind of diff- different styles of coaching questions out there, which is, I think, a perfect segue to kind of like wrapping up the, the episode, our in- inaugural episode. Um, what's your one takeaway today from, because we talked about a lot of different things. I think my, I guess my one biggest takeaway is that like, thinking about starting you know the school year there's a lot of involvements and opportunities and resources out there that students can access and I think now is like a really good time to think about how you can go and step out of your comfort zone maybe and get involved or access these resources you know reach out to Rob and make use of it because there's so many things offered here at UBC. And I think, you know, sometimes people don't always utilize them to their fullest extent. But I think now when I'm thinking of starting the school year is I think is a really great time to think about how can I get the most out of my time here outside of academics? Yeah, that's great. You know, stepping out of the comfort zone is easier said than done, right? Like we talked about how you and I both took a while to get there, right? To warm up to those um, opportunities. So I also want to just quickly share, which we we did mention is like, we all go at our different paces too. So it's, it's never too late. I think that's the other one, right? It's like, oh my goodness, I'm not doing these things that everyone's doing. It's again, going back to that, got to graduate in four years, those sort of things. Like sometimes we all learn at different rates. Um, you know, my, my takeaway is very similar and, uh, you know, it's just, again, using that Nike slogan, just do it. You know, to me, it's not even like, because you mentioned like, oh, you know, you do this experience to get the most out of it. I, I like to actually reframe that because it implies every decision or experience I'm a part of, I'm going to get a ton out of it or going to get the most. I, I think that to me is can let us down because a lot of these experiences aren't going to work but I'm not going to know until I do it. So it's like the just do it. That's the, that's the hardest thing though, right? Whether it's joining LFSUS first, being involved, <laughs> asking someone out, you know, joining mentorship, you know, you just did it. You said, Hey, I'm going to do the coaching. Like even looking at it, there's a lot of people like, Oh, I don't want to do this. I don't understand it. You just like, oh, okay, you've tried. And you're like, let's just do it and then see what happens. So but that's the hardest thing. And so I want all of you out there to listen. It's like, just try to figure out what is that one small step, that action you can take and how can you do it with other people? How can you do it where in safe spaces? And, you know, that's why UBC, I look at it as like, it's still daunting for a lot of us, but it's still a little bit safer than some other spaces to try things, right? And um, I always want, like reminding students, like, 
you don't have to wait for permission to engage in the ways that you want to engage as well, right? We want staff, faculty, we want to engage with students. We want students to be involved too, even though it doesn't feel like it sometimes when you're the actual student, right? All right, um, to wrap it up, I thought, you know, since you're, you know, entering this season, you know, we want to create your kind of personal brand. I'm a big, you know, personal brand person now these days. So Vivian, um, first of all, do you have a nickname at all? Not really. Like people call me Viv, but it was like, but it's like not like Vili or like something like no. that. Please. No. Was Vivi? this on the, the Vivi, role description? Vivi, Vivi. Sorry, I don't remember reading this in the role responsibilities, like putting up with Rob Kim's, you know, catchphrase. No, like nicknames. no one's ever gonna like V Lee something rhyming like that. No, I feel like there's something almost with like the V I V I L I that repet- repetition there. V V Lee, no. God, that's terrible. <laughs> v Lee, I'm gonna try that. V Lee, do you ever get go V? Thanks, R Kim. No, Just v? no, no. Viv though. What about sometimes? V? I'm gonna just try V. Hey Thanks, V. R. Next time see Hey V. <laughs> What's up R? Sure, go ahead. That's not gonna. That's you know that that hard consonant's not gonna. It's it's not the same as the V. It's a consonant with a soft ending. R is just like bleh. V Lee. Okay. Do you do you uh, do you have a catchphrase at all? No. No. Please don't give me one either. <laughs> well, I I can't think of any. I I should be writing them out. You 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 do need a catchphrase. I, I think that would be like kind of hip. Then like. When you're on campus, you get super famous. People are like, hey, there's V. Lee. At the minute you said hip, yeah. it was immediately like, <laughs> I know, no dated. <laughs> you just dated v. yourself. V. Lee. I'm going to come up with something. All I'm right, like, Rob. You go do that. Really, V. Lee? No, that doesn't work. V. Lee Lee. <laughs> just, this, is, this is where the podcast just died. Okay. Just want to say thanks for listening to episode one. We will be back with another episode. We're going to do a run of five and then another five in the new year. Well, that's the plan. And uh, again, just want to thank the wonderful Missy D for probably the, um, no exaggeration, the best part, no offense to you, Vili, uh, the best part of the podcast is our, our intro music and theme song. And I know uh, we're really grateful to be able to use that again this season and uh yeah if you have want to follow uh career carrots on instagram at career carrots uh we have a tiktok that has like one post and uh yeah if you have any questions or ideas or hey i would love to hear your catchphrases for v lee because i think it will really up her game you know and then we can maybe make t-shirts and sell stickers tons of like merch Vili Vili merch. Thank you, R. Kim. I I do appreciate your effort to get me a catchphrase. All right. Hope you enjoyed this little morsel of career carrots today. Talk to you later. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye.